0: Welcome to the CMC Podcast, where our mission is to inspire you to be a doer of the Word. Today's message is brought to you by our lead pastor, Tim Brooks. In Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, we read the longest single teaching of Jesus, Now, obviously, when you start reading the red letters, here's a scripture, here's a verse, here's two or three verses here, all through the the Gospels. But Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the longest single discourse of Jesus. And it is referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. And it is referred to and named that because Jesus taught this sermon, these practical lessons on how to live daily life while standing on the side of a mountain overlooking uh, the Sea of Galilee. Uh, this location naturally provides a, as, as beautiful of a setting, but a tremendous amphitheater setting where that, that the multitudes could see and hear Jesus as he stood there. Uh, Terry and I have been blessed to lead two different trips uh, to Israel and, and it just an awesome experience for she and I, uh, as I was able to stand right in this spot where Jesus uh, stood, and I'm I, uh, on two different occasions taught Matthew 5, 6, and 7, standing right there looking on that mountain with a group of people in front of me and the Sea of Galilee behind me. And in, in being able to do that, really even all that much more brings this teaching alive Satan has really done a number on, on people with the lie, with the deception. And, you know, he doesn't have any new lies or new deception. It's all the same thing. But in, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 4 and 5, when, when he deceived mankind into thinking or into believing that God was withholding some good from them that God was withholding some fun from them. Oh, God knows if you do that, you're gonna really have fun, you're gonna really enjoy life, you're gonna really be able to go to the next level. And and the lie that started right here in chapter three is the same lie that is out there today and that is cast among our Christian kids on a daily basis. You You need to get out of church, get away from your parents, and go out there and have some fun. And, and so the teenagers only see the fun of l- living that kind of life without acknowledging the hell that it brings. The hell that it brings to a marriage, the hell that it brings to a life, the hell that it brings to your finances, the hell that it brings to your health. Oh, it's just fun. I'm going to go out and have me some fun. I just want to go live a little. I just want to enjoy it a little bit. Here's what I'm telling you. It will bring sorrow immeasurable sorrow with it. Yeah, sleeping around like a dog is obviously is a lot of fun or people wouldn't do it. But the sorrow that comes along with that, the destruction, the hurt, the pain, not only just to you, but to so many people, it's just a trickle-down effect of the pain of the suffering to children to it, it, the, the sorrow that comes with it see all sin looks fun and, and you've got to oh don't you go out there it's terrible i'm telling you sin is fun if it wasn't fun nobody would go and do it i'm not telling you sin is awful and sin is no fun i'm telling you sin is a blast but it kills you It destroys you. It eats away the life out of you. It it destroys your life. And and we've got to know that we have been lied to by the devil. When God says, thou shalt not, he says that not to ruin your fun. Thou shalt not, God said that not to ruin all the fun you have, not to take the fun out of life. When God says, thou shalt not, he's keeping you from things that will destroy your life. And so thou shalt not is not a negative statement. When a kid reaches to put his finger on the hot stove and the mom slaps the hand and says, don't touch that, you're just trying to keep me from having fun. are you getting this? When God says no, And disciplines you and says, don't you touch that. It's not because he's trying to destroy your fun. He's telling you what the burn of that. And if you're not very careful, you'll wear a scar for the rest of your life for touching that. Yes, we're going to forgive you. Yes, we're going to forgive you. But you still got a scar for the rest of your life that that sin caused you. Go out. Have you some fun. Here's what I'm telling you, you're going to be back. Here's the problem. When you come back, you will have wrecked your life. You will have been in jail. You will have had wanted posters up around town of you. You'll come back and you'll still be fighting a disease. And you'll fight a disease the rest of your life. When you come back, you will come back broke, bankrupt, lost. When you come back, all of your friends will have disowned you and left you. You have none of, where's all those big buddies that we were having so much fun with? They're gone. See, they're, they're gone. And, and I, I mean, we can read a story about this, but the guy's eating pods with the pigs. Uh, wait a minute, life is unhappy and it's, it's an unhappy existence. What was he doing? Just wanting to go have some fun. Just want to go have some fun. That is a lie. It's not out there. God's not keeping fun From you, he's keeping you from destruction. Now, I don't know how we miss this. Seek first the kingdom of God. And these other things in life are just added to us. Well, Tim, how do I live in this kingdom? How do I live in peace and in blessings? And How do I live a happy life? Well, as a matter of fact, I'm about to tell you. That's what Jesus talks about in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Here is the one, two, threes, the nuts and bolts of living a blessed life. Here's the way you do it. The the Sermon on the Mount doesn't really fill our heads with a bunch of religious ideas. We're going to see that in fact, it is a guide to how to live daily life. Now, it, it starts out very convincingly God wants you blessed. Now I keep harping over and over and over on this one point and I do so because the devil keeps harping over and over and over this one point. The church is trying to keep you from having fun. Your parents are trying to keep you from having fun. The Bible is just full of rules and keep you from having fun. So I've got to harp over and over and over. God wants you blessed. God's not against you having fun. God wants you blessed. And, and as a matter of fact, we've been talking about this. It's not in the sweet by and by. It's right here, right now, in this life. Blessed will you be if you do this right here. Never fall, young people, never fall for the lie that pleasure and fun is out there and God doesn't want you having it. Pleasure pursuing worldly fun will destroy your life. Here's how you live blessed. Matthew chapter five. I, I just was rambling waiting for you to get to Matthew chapter five. Hopefully you're there. Matthew chapter five, let's go. One day as he saw the crowds gathering, Jesus went up on the mountainside, sat down. His disciples gather around him and he began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him. For the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you, say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. All right, there's just a whole lot here, and and we're going to move through this. But but if I had about three or four hours, I would spend it on verse 1. There is so much to talk about here. In verse one, he saw the crowds, and he went up on the mountainside. Okay, there, there's. I, I can teach on this for hours right here. This is vital that you get this. Now, just as quick. Bible study as we can have here in just a few seconds. If you remember in John chapter four, when the the interaction with the woman at the well and Jesus was there, and woo, you know, uh, I perceive you're a prophet. And then she gets, okay, well, what mountain do you say we ought to worship? You know, we think it's this mountain. You say Mount Gazarene, well, we say Mount Ebal. Okay, if you'll go back in, in in your Bible reading, you are very aware of how important Several of the holy mountains were. They were very important. They were very significant. Holy mountains. If you'll remember when God called Moses, he went up on a mountain. Where were the people? They didn't go up on that mountain. Moses went up on the mountain. Heard from God, then he came back down the mountain to tell the people what God had said on the mountain because the common people weren't allowed on the holy mountain. Okay, now, have I, is everybody with me? The, the importance, and I wish I could go back, read scripture, talk to you about the importance of holy mountains. It's very interesting. Jesus goes up on a mountain. Which one? It's not a holy mountain it's just a mountain here's what's very significant the people went with him is this falling into place for you see we're ushering in a new covenant right here we're ushering in a transition between God being up there and all the common people being down here and a priest The Holy of Holies. All right, Jesus, Moses. We'll go up here, talk to God. Come down here and tell us what. Jesus. We're going to have to do something about the pollen in this room. (laughs) Here's what I'm telling you. This is very significant that you see. Just a common mountain for everyday folks. And they went up on the mountain with Jesus to hear from God. Verse one is very, very significant in the transition from the old covenant to the new covenant by what is happening right here. Now, there's always different groups, but you got the disciples. That followed him for the love of learning you 've got the multitudes that follow him for the cures and the miracles, uh, lots of people around when the fish and chips are being passed out, but when the persecution starts coming, everybody breaks and runs. Uh, you, you know if, if we advertise a healing uh, a healing ministry, we can pack out a coliseum. If you say Wednesday Night Bible study, you just get a few handful of people see it's do we have a love for learning here? And so here, do we want to hear and sit feet of Jesus and hear what he has to teach us? Or are we out until the fish and chips start getting delivered? Boy, then I'm all in. So let's make sure that we keep our hearts right. God, I want to hear what you have to say to me. I want to be in line with your word. Here I am to study and to hear what you have to say. Now, over the years, I've looked up, spent a lot of time looking up definitions of words that are used in scripture and this word blessed it comes from a a word makarios m-a-k-a-r-i-o-s and and it's very interesting when it says blessed what does that mean what what is word blessed how are you i'm blessed i'm blessed okay what does that word mean listen to this a spiritual joy and a satisfaction that last regardless of the conditions in your life. Wow. Okay, did you get that? You may want to write that down because that's a mouthful. It is a spiritual joy, it is a satisfaction that lasts inside you regardless of the conditions in your life. And that is what a life walking with the Lord brings. It's no longer, I'm happy when we're at Six Flags, I'm down in the depths of depression on the day we have to leave. See, I'm happy when everything's going my way, I'm sad when I get something not going my way. I'm happy when everything is good, I'm mad when everything, and our life is just, uh, blessed is a place in life where you are satisfied irregardless of the conditions around you. That's where I wanna live. That, that's where I wanna live. That's where the world wants to live. That's why we're trying to stick something up our nose in our veins. That's why, we're, that's why we're trying to buy a house here and a house there and a guest house and a new car and a new car and seven new cars in the car. We want a new car to drive every week. What are we trying to do? We're just trying to be blessed. We're just trying to be satisfied in life, blessed. It's what all of mankind is looking for when 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 man seeks to be blessed only by the world then you've got an up and down roller coaster of a life because that's the life of the carnal nature jesus and it's very interesting to me jesus begins the sermon on the mount with blessed he came to the world to bless people acts 3:26 god raised up his servant He sent him first to you to bless you by turning each of you from your wicked ways. That's the intent of Jesus. And he starts out the Sermon on the Mount with blessed. Here's the way you're blessed. All right, very quickly, eight characteristics of blessed people. Eight characteristics of blessed people. God blesses those who are poor And realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Some of your translations say, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the poor. Blessed are the poor in spirit. That word, the translation of that in some modern translations say, they realize their need for him. See, poor in spirit does not mean poverty stricken. And we we taught for a long time, if you have any money, you can't be spiritual. If you have any money, you can't be close to God. You got to give all your money away and you got to be poor. Okay, it's, it's not poverty stricken. It's not poor in your checkbook. It's not that you're hungry and you're naked and don't have anywhere to sleep. Jesus is not talking about material poverty. He is talking about a place in life where you acknowledge your helplessness without God. See, God, I have to have you. I, I, there was a time I didn't. I tried it on my own. I came to the end of that mess and I realized I have to have you. See, that is the definition of poor in spirit. That, it doesn't have nothing to do with your checking account. Okay, is everybody with me? It is a position of I realize I need you. I realize that my life cannot be lived happy and blessed and successful without you in my life god i need you that's what this verse is about four god blesses those who mourn for they will be comforted uh, those who mourn mourn in that word in the greek is the is the strongest possible word used for a deep desperate sorrow. Now I'm talking about a deep, desperate sorrow. And and here is where we are today. There is no real sorrow for sin. But there's no sorrow. There is a deep and desperate sorrow. You're broken hearted over evil. We're brokenhearted over sin. Luke 18, 10 through 14. If I had time, that talks about it. James 4, 7 through 10. A sorry for your sin. Look those scriptures up and study this on your own. I, I've got to move on. Mourners live a repented life. True mourners. Are, are armed against temptation because they're sorry for sin and its cost of sin. See, sin doesn't look good when you see how it'll destroy you. Wait, that, you think that looks fun. Let me tell you the backside of that. See, the, you, you, you're sorry for sin because you know the cost of it. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. That word comfort means settled in peace. Just set, you'll be relieved. You'll be settled in peace. The third characteristic in verse five, God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. All right, there are three different translations. Some of, and probably here, everybody's got one of the three. One says humble, one says gentle, one says meek, all are the same word in Greek. And it means strong, but tender, strong, but teachable, not spineless, but able to control himself, a disciplined person. That's the definition of that word. When we think of humble or gentle or meek, well, we think of somebody who's spineless. And that's not the definition of this. It is a person who is able to control themselves. Very strong, but still very tender on the the same side. And and, and in too many, there is an error of sufficiency. See, a meek person knows he needs God. Romans 12 says, Let not a man think more highly of himself than he ought. That self-sufficiency You'll come to the end of yourself at some point, at some point. Now, it's very interesting here, verse 5. God blesses those who are humble, for they will, now get this, inherit the earth. We're not talking about when you die and go to heaven. See, the sweet by and by is not what the sermon is about. The Sermon on the Mount is about how you live your life right here you're going to inherit blessings right here on this earth. God wants you blessed right here. He didn't say just live this weary, miserable, weary, wretched life, and when you finally die, then you can be happy. No, blessed are you right here. Blessed are you right here when you walk in these characteristics. All right, we've got to move on. Number four, verse six. God blesses those who hunger and thirst for justice. Or for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. That word hunger and thirst. When you look that word up, it means to have a starving, parched, dying craving. I've been that way hauling hay. I gotta have something to drink. All right, we're talking about a starving, a craving. For righteousness you want to stand right before God you want see it's a Greek I want to stand right before God I want above anything else to hear well done my good and faithful servant and and you've got a craving for that and that's how you overcome. Here, you want a little of this? You want a little of that? Hey, let's go out and do this. No, I'm, I'm not the least bit interested in that because I, I've got a craving to please God. i got a craving to please God. Now, here, here's the key to being blessed. And if you'll notice, we're not talking about you being perfect. We're not talking about you being perfect. We're talking about you desiring it. Is that... I mess up. I say things I shouldn't have said, but I didn't want to. See, I, that, and, and you know what I'm talking about. You, there was a time when you spent all week planning for sin. You bringing this, you bringing that. Y'all going over to his house. We're going out to party. We're going to meet here. You're going to do that. See, there was a time when you planned for sin. Now, we still sin. We still mess up. We still blow it, but I didn't want to. I didn't sit around all day planning. Okay, we're having a party. You bring the cuss words. I'll come and kick the door in. You, you know, I'll come and fly off the handle. I'll break a lamp. I'll throw it through the TV. See, I didn't. Pl- I, that's not what I wanted to do. I didn't plan on being a jerk. That's that's. So make sure you. Well, I can never achieve that. We're not talking about you living perfect, but we're talking about you. Sure want to. That I I want to do right. I want to do right. Eight characteristics of blessed people. Number five is in verse seven. God blesses those who are merciful for they will be shown mercy. And and, you know, and, and I've, I've confessed before you, this is a hard one. Because I know some people that don't need forgiving. They just need me to hold a grudge the rest of my life against them. But, you know, the thing is, I need mercy in my life. Don't ever lose sight of how much mercy you need. See, and that's it. We act like we're perfect, and I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you. I'll never forgive him till the day I die. Well, you need to be sure God don't say that about you. Yeah, are you hearing this? Come on. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Now, there's a whole lot of scriptures we could go to if I had time. And and I I don't like this fact, but this is the way it is. Your forgiveness is based on you forgiving. And I wish it wasn't like that because there are people I don't want to forgive. But I sure want forgiveness. You know, look here. I I want you overlooking my shortcomings, but I don't want to overlook yours. I want to be mad at you. See, you're a jerk, and I'm mad at you. But now I want you to overlook mine. Mine. And I want all of you to like me. Okay, if, if, if I need people's patience and overlook my, are you getting this? Are you getting this? In our marriages, in our homes, in our workplace, uh, uh, just daily, I need people to show me mercy. I don't have an option. I have to be merciful. Blessed are you. See, blessed are you if you'll walk in some mercy. Blessed are you if you won't be so critical, so hard on other people, so judgmental of everybody else. You'll be blessed if you show some mercy. Number six, verse eight. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. So many scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter six, verse 17 and 18. Psalms 24, verse three and f- through five. 2 Peter 3, 14. I had those written down and I wanted to read them, but you'll have to read them for yourself. If you don't know how to read, enroll in CMA. We teach you to read. <laughs> the word pure. Pure in heart. That word, when you look that up, means unmixed, unpolluted. I think everybody knows what a purebred dog is. What a purebred horse or a purebred cow. I mean, that means if you've got a purebred dachshund, that means everybody on his mama's side, everybody on his daddy's side. That We don't have no Poodle in there. We don't have no lossy Apso in there. We don't have no Heinz 57 in there. A purebred. And in the horse business, we have registration papers that pass with a horse and it is their lineage, and it proves they are a pure bread. We don't have nothing, we don't have no other mix thrown in there. This is a pure bread. Okay, that's the word here. You're pure in heart. What's that mean? You're not double minded. What does that mean? You don't act one way in church and another way with your friends on Friday night. See, you're pure. You're pure. What does pure mean? That means I'm the same in church as I am with my friends on Friday night. What does pure mean? That means I use the same language in church as I use out in my job during the day. But see, do we have a whole other vocabulary out on the job? Then we come into church and, oh, God bless your brother. We're blessed. God bless you. Love you, brother. Is that the way you talk on your construction job? Okay, see, pure means we talk the same way no matter where we are. See, pure means I'm single hearted. I'll be the same person no matter where you find me I'll be the same person that means I'm a purebred black angus I'm a pure Doxan. dachshund I'm a pure see all the way through that's what this is pure in heart your heart's pure your heart's pure it's not double-minded you're not one way with this group and another way with that group number seven verse nine God blesses those who work for peace for they shall be called the children of God. Peacemakers. Now, uh, this, is, th- th- this can be misunderstood because peace sometimes comes through conflict. Terry and I have had some very, very serious conflicts. But it brought peace. And for the next 30 years, we never had to talk about that again. We came to an understanding so peacemaker doesn't mean I don't have any conflict. It just means that our conflict leads to peace. See, I'm a peacemaker. Now that might, that might mean saying I'm sorry, or that might mean fighting this thing out. See, somebody's not a peacemaker. He's just ranting and raving and cussing and throwing and slamming doors and spinning tires with no goal of coming to peace. So we start into this thing, the end goal is peace. I want to make peace here. I want to be in peace here. So blessed are you when you bring everything to a place of peace. That doesn't mean no conflict. That just means we're going to bring this. When this, when this is all said and done, we're going to be happy and in peace. We're bringing life to peace. Verse 10 through 12, you endure suffering, ridiculed, criticized, ostracized, Treated with hostility, I don't know, maybe you haven't experienced that, maybe you have. Some of you, when you turn your life around to the Lord, your family has given you a lot of grief. Some of you, maybe you got family members that have not spoken to you since you've been a Christian. Some of you have been written off by your family because you are now a Christian. See, the, the, the non-Christian ain't going to just go right along with this. See, Jesus says there's a dividing line here. There's a dividing line. And so some of you've experienced some persecution. Some of you've experienced some, sure enough, ridicule and being criticized. Verse 12, your reward, don't don't worry about it. Your reward will be great. Your reward will be great. There's just so much here that if we had time to really dissect this and go back and study word for word in here. But the, the thing that I want to say over and over and over again, obviously, by this opening of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Jesus came that you might be blessed. Obviously, God wants you blessed. Do not buy the lie that God is keeping fun from you. Eight characteristics of blessed people. Eight characteristics of blessed people. Poor in spirit, that means you see your need for God. Mourn, that means you're sorrowful of sin. You hate it when you do wrong. Oh, oh! I just, I hate it when I act like that, when I talk like that, when I say that. Gentle, meek, means you don't have a self-sufficient attitude. Number four, you, you got a craving for righteousness. You want to do right. I do wrong and I blow it, but I sure didn't want to. I really, in my heart of hearts, I want to do right. Merciful, I need mercy, so I'm called on to show mercy. If you'll show mercy, you're blessed. Pure in heart, you're unmixed, you're clean, you're set apart, you got a pure heart, you're blessed. A peacemaker who strives for peace, you're blessed. Just endure persecution and don't fold, don't fall apart. You know you're just going to get it, and it just is the way it is. Pressures don't get you because you stand strong. God wants you blessed. God wants you blessed. James chapter 1 tells us, don't be a forgetful hearer, but be a doer. Let's make sure as we go through this series, this Sermon on the Mount is not just a religious obligation where we come and hear some words, but that we gain a, here's how I'm going to act and live tomorrow. I want to be blessed. Well, here's how you do it. Y'all stand. Lord, we honor you and we give you thanks for the life that you have provided for us. And Lord, as we roll up our sleeves, we adopt these eight characteristics in our life. Lord, there's no sense in us asking for blessings when we refuse to do what it takes to be blessed. So Lord, we set our attention and our focus on the lifestyle that we're to live to experience the blessings that you have for us we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the CMC Podcast. If you'd like to watch our sermons live or looking for more information about our church, visit CMCChurch.com or follow us on Facebook at Christian Ministries Church.